Hey friends, it's Shauna, your nerdy girlfriend and life coach from simpleonpurpose.ca. You may have noticed this podcast, Simple Saturdays, is now called Simple on Purpose. I have updated it, but I know it won't show up the update on my own iPhone because my storage is maxed out. It just can't keep up with it. I've got too many podcasts on the roll, too many pictures, you know the deal. All right, so today is podcast episode 50, and I pulled Facebook and Instagram, and I said, what do you guys think I should talk about? I want to keep it fun. I want this to be a fun podcast because I am fun. I'm also just recovering from the flu. It went through my whole house. We all got it. And so we've had a lot of downtime lately, watching TV, doing puzzles, just fitting in work where I could. I wasn't even sure if I was going to be recording a podcast just because my work days were just kind of sucked right up. But I really was inspired by the ideas that people were sending me. And I was so excited to just start talking to you guys about one really fun topic in particular, which is the things I never thought I would do until I had kids. (laughs) This is such a great prompt because so many of us moms can just like roll out some real gems or some real doozies of situations we've been in in motherhood that are like, this is my life now? Like what? (laughs) What the crap is going on? (laughs) So I've got a list. Um, I actually scrolled through my Instagram to look back on things I used to post about when the kids were smaller, to get ideas because it was really hard for me to kind of like stop and tap into that. My kids are eight, seven, and five now, and they've just started this new season of all being in school. But there were some hot and heavy days, like three kids all at home, and I forgot just how much like poop and pee there was everywhere. (laughs) So many of my posts are about poop and laundry and breakfast. And that just seemed to take up so many of the day-to-day like components of our life. So one big thing to kick it off, something that I didn't expect to embrace during motherhood was to care about how I dress. It wasn't something I was actually good at, something I was really into. But when I was nursing my second, um, Linnea, she came 16 months after my first baby and I was nursing her through the night. She was kind of up all the time, always crying. And so I I would just kind of hang out on Pinterest and scroll through Pinterest. And I started reading about fashion and I got really into it. Like that was something I could control. And so I was like getting dressed each day. Even if I was just in sweats and looked nice on top with lipstick, like that was (laughs) the good day. And I would do my makeup, even if it was just like the kids are watching Sesame Street, someone's eating in the high chair, and I've got like a little mirror at the kitchen table. Like these were just the things I was doing to take care of myself. And I was always glad I did like do a little bit of something to make me feel kind of pulled together because how many days would it be that I forgot to put on deodorant? I left the house and forgot to shut the front door. I forgot to brush my hair. I would show up and my diaper bag is just a plastic grocery bag full of all the random stuff I threw in it last minute. I get to the end of the day and I realize my underwear's been inside out the whole time. Or I go an entire day thinking that it's Tuesday when it's actually Monday. And my bestie, Sophie, can attest to this because she's always like reminding me of the actual day. (laughs) She's like my calendar in my pocket, my best friend. There's even times when I have gone to the grocery store with half of my head full of kid barrettes because Linnea would do my hair and she would think it's beautiful and awesome and I wasn't going to tear it all apart just to go out to the grocery store, so I would rock it. (laughs) And then there are 
are the ways that we've had to childproof in strange ways. Like when I had my oldest, Levi, he was pretty easygoing. He didn't really get into too much. But once Linnea came along and it's like, I can't watch him all the time. We would have to do things like we put the Christmas tree outside on the porch one year so we could see it through the sliding door, but it wasn't in the house. There was always times where someone would come to my house and the kitchen chairs were up on the kitchen table because the kids are like rolling them around the floor and crawling on them and trying to crawl on everything. And then sometimes if it was so bad, the kitchen chairs were just outside on the porch. (laughs) Or there was ways that we would like help them make sure their food was safe. Like I'll cook an entire meal and then I'm going to put a plate of food in the freezer to cool it down for a toddler to eat it. It just felt so backwards. Things feel like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And then there's things that we've had to do to deal with the damage that our kids have caused, like cleaning up pee on our friend's floor because our kid has peed on their floor. Or how many times did I re-spin the toilet paper back on the roll? They pull it all off and I'm, we're just going to re-spin it. This is our life now. This is who we are. We're still using it. It's still good. <laughs> or you'll be out somewhere and your kid's like, food stains get on you or like you notice that you've actually had oatmeal on your shirt so you could just kind of like maneuver your scarf around or your sweater around to hide it up like if I'm at home there was a lot of wardrobe changes like I was like a movie star because someone would poop on me or puke or pee on me or something and some days I would even just wear a house coat around the house just to, like a protective layer <laughs> And I'll share one tip from the parenting vault with you guys. (laughs) It's kind of humbling to share this out loud. There are times where I would see a mess on the floor. I would wipe it up with my sock, take off my sock and throw it in the wash. Or you take off your sweater, you wipe it up with your sweater and you throw it in the wash. Like this is just in the heat of the moment, cleaning up the mess kind of life we're living. And there was just so much pee. Like I forgot there was even a time where I gave my child's McDonald's Happy Meal toy to another girl at the play place because this other little girl fell in a puddle of my kid's pee. Yep. My kid peed in the tunnel at the play place, but we didn't know it until this little girl came out crying because she fell in it. And I felt so bad. I had no like olive branch to extend other than a Happy Meal toy. (laughs) And there was another time, and you might've heard this if you've talked, heard me talk about kids' toys, When I was nursing Dawson and he was just little and the other two were playing in the bedroom, they dumped a bottle of baby powder all over the bedroom. Like, like, (laughs) like a baby powder bomb went off and we cleaned it all up and that kind of thing. And then they did it a second time that day. And I tell you, that was an out of body experience I had as a mother. Like I, I put those two older kids in an empty tub. I put the baby somewhere safe and I vacuumed and cried. (laughs) And then I packed up half of their toys and put them in the basement because I was just like, what do I even do? Like, how do I discipline this? What's my next step here? And that was actually something that helped us realize that our kids actually didn't need as many toys as they had because they didn't even notice they were gone. And speaking of toys, what about the weird ways we try to keep our kids busy? How many of you moms have put on bunny ears and hopped around (laughs) the kitchen table or sat in a lineup of your kitchen chairs and pretended you were on an imaginary train with your imaginary train ticket and you just go with it. You play these made up games. 
There was also a lot of times where I kept stickers in my purse all the time just to keep them busy. And I would, if I needed a second, I would just start putting stickers on their hands and arms <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, something, something new, something interesting. And especially when I would be nursing a baby, that's when I was trying to keep them the busiest. So when I was nursing Linnea and Levi's like 16 months old, I would put on TV and I would lay out a row of snacks on this bench we have in our kitchen, like it's all open. And Levi would just like walk down the bench eating his snacks while I'm nursing. And speaking of nursing, how about nursing in strange places? I feel like a lot of us moms have nursed in the car, probably even over the car seat while the kids in the car seat. One of my most humbling times nursing was without pants on. With the in the doctor's exam room table with just like the gown on <laughs> pulled down at my chest like what's covering me is just like a loincloth basically at this point and the situation there was I was actually at my OBGYN appointment and I was pregnant with my second so Levi was like seven months old eight months old and he was in the room with me and he was crying and she's like you know what just nurse him I'll give you a second and even she said that was a first for her and I'm glad it was my first and only <laughs> but remember when they're brand new and you can't quite figure like how to nurse them how to prop them up but then as you go along with it and have more kids you're like nursing while you're chasing a toddler into the kitchen you're nursing while you eat you're nursing while you basically play fetch with your older child, a toddler, and you chuck balls from the couch while you're nursing and he brings them back and you chuck them again. <laughs> nursing was something that was tricky for me. I had to spend a lot of time Googling it, talking to lactation consultants with my first. And there was just a lot of things I would spend a lot of time Googling as a new mom and then like as a mom of two, a mom of three. The biggest one was probably the color of baby poop. Like, I know the baby poop rainbow. I can tell you <laughs> what's happening for your child based on the color of their baby poop. This is the information that stayed in my brain. Sleep schedules, Googling sleep schedules, Googling how to get a bean out of a toddler's nose, symptoms of a concussion, how to keep your kids busy, how to cut your kid's hair, watch a YouTube video on that, how to fix the crappy haircut you gave your kid because really you shouldn't be cutting your own kid's hair. <laughs> How to discipline your kids. Because one thing I never thought I would do is count to three so much. <laughs> I try not to, I try not to use it. I try to have some different like tools in my toolbox, but sometimes that's all I got. And the thing is, these children that I'm talking to, they're not rational people. Children are like cavemen, they're like cave people. And when they're all you hang out with, you find yourself spiraling into their caveman universe. And I've had conversations with my kids and learned that I'm actually talking to someone who hates November or they hate the moon or they hate pants or they hate blue toothpaste. Like sometimes it's just ridiculous. And if they're arguing or it's getting crazy or it's getting loud or it's getting tough, there have been times where I just started to meow like a cat. <laughs> We're eating dinner and they're crazy and I'm just going to talk by meowing now. I, I'm out of options, guys. This is where I'm at. And they laugh at first, but then they kind of get really uncomfortable. And they're like, okay, you can talk to us now. Like, okay, we'll, we'll listen. <laughs> and I've seen my husband use this strategy as well. His is a lot more <laughs> smart than mine might be. When the kids are whining, because now they're older and that's like something that they do, is instead of whining, he makes them sing. So they have to sing out their request it's so genius because singing is just cathartic on its own basis. So here we are, we're parents, this is parenthood. 
we're just trying to stay sane and we eat a lot of breakfast and we try to do something fun in our day. But sometimes I don't feel fun. <laughs> sometimes I don't have the energy. Sometimes I don't have the ideas and I don't feel like doing fun things. Like there was an Easter where I realized, oh, my kids are going to expect an Easter egg hunt in the backyard and I'm not going out. It's like nighttime. <laughs> so I stood on the porch and I just chucked handfuls of candy into the yard. They didn't know. They didn't care. They had an Easter egg hunt. They were so happy. Another way that I would keep them busy is to get out some painter's tape or masking tape and start taping an obstacle course around the table and then like run through it a couple times with them and tell them what they have to do and then uh, let them go. There's been a lot of midday bubble baths in my life, especially when we were all at home and they were all toddlers, like just to break up the day, just to give them something different and just break out the old Snapchat filters when you're out of options or Facebook filters or whatever. Those were like toddler supermodel documentary hour and they would just be a game changer. Apparently kids just love to see themselves on camera. As you probably know, if you've ever looked at your camera roll after your toddler had a hold on your phone. But I've also done things when I felt unfun, like hiding books from them when I don't want to read them. If they leave the room, I just throw them under the couch. No one's going to find it for a while. And I'm just so sick of that book. Or sometimes I just outright lie why they can't do something. I mean, guys, sometimes we need to lie to our kids. It's called uh, folk myths. Let's tell them some like folklore. It, it makes them more creative. And then you don't have to be the reason that they don't get to do something. Like if my son won't hold my hand, he's five, walking through the parking lot, I tell him there's invisible cars and they can't see you and you can't see them, but I can see them because I'm an adult. So you got to hold my hand. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And there's things we do to make them happy. Like we're not just faking it till we make it kind of thing. I mean, it feels like that, but there's things that we genuinely are doing because it's cool and we love to make our kids smile like when I was pregnant with my third and Levi was about three so he didn't really like totally get the baby in the belly concept but I drew a smiley face on my pregnant belly often for him and told him like hey your little brother or sister is smiling at you and I remember him hugging it and talking to it and waving at it and that was just something that made him happy but it made no sense why am I doing that and I remember, oh, why am I doing this moment when I had Levi and I was walking through the grocery store, he's in the stroller and he's like my first baby and I'm talking to him and he's laughing and I'm rocking the stroller, just totally oblivious to everyone around me. If I see another mom talking to her baby in the stroller, I'm like, yeah, I remember that. I remember being like, this is an exciting outing for us and this isn't like, it's going to be so fun. <laughs> I'm going to make this so fun for you. And then when they would be younger and they'd be sleeping at a nap or to bed, Often we would make our food on the porch and I was, I was recalling this with Connor the other night because I wanted some popcorn and I re reminded him like, remember when we used to make popcorn on the porch at night so we wouldn't wake up the kids or like we would take the blender out and make a smoothie in the morning on the porch <laughs> or grind the coffee beans so we wouldn't wake them up. And I guess we're still doing these kinds of things in our own ways. Like we're just sacrificing our personal comfort, our personal routines for our kids. I play so much Lego guys. Like I mom hard and <laughs> try to on the weekends. We play a lot of Lego. We decorate their rooms. We sing favorite songs over and over again. Some things just will always stay the same. I think I really hope. And that's, that's the thing that I really appreciated about someone giving me this prompt is because it really made me really be a bit more focused on my memories. And I was sharing with one of my best friends recently that I'd listened to this podcast about memories and how 
we look back on our life or we look back on a situation and if we can tie positive emotion to some of those memories, it will feel like a positive experience. But if there is like a negative emotion or it ends negatively, then we look back on that experience with um, like a negative memory, a negative story. And I don't want my motherhood to be a negative story. I want it to feel positive. So in the past, like to remember all of these things that I had done with the kids, I looked back on Instagram and I used to Instagram my kids a lot. I really don't anymore. It's about me. It's not about them. Um, but I also had a line a day journal where I would just write a line a day of something that we've been doing. And that was a really cool way to document. I also email my kids. They all have their own email address, especially on the birthdays. I'll write them their own letter. But recently I started something new and I started something called my favorite memories book. So I bought myself a notebook and I tried to like every few days or every week to just write something totally simple and random down. That was a favorite memory of mine. One of the recent ones I had written down was I was at home with Linnea and Dawson and they were fighting and Linnea's down at the end of the hall and I go and talk to her and we're talking about things and she's mad at her brother and then her brother comes along and we're working it out. And I said something about a word they used to say when they were children. Like, I think she said polka bots instead of polka dots. And then they just started laughing so hard and asked for more. So I was trying to remember these weird words that they used to have codes for and they just thought it was the most funny thing and we're just sitting beside a basket of laundry at the end of the hallway on the ground and I really want to keep that memory that was super special and there's some things that you just don't want to lose when you look back on your parenting and trying to remember all these toddler days I I do wish I'd maybe wrote more wrote more memories specific memories so that's just my encouragement to you guys if if you are in motherhood especially the fresh days of motherhood, write down these kind of things that feel magical to you, even the simple things. The simple things are the best things. So thank you, Danielle, for that prompt. That was really fun to kind of go back down memory lane. And I know you have a smaller child and I just want to give a few little blog posts to you mamas out there who maybe have babies and toddlers and you're kind of in these really hot and heavy stages of motherhood. Um, I'll put this all in the show notes. The show notes are going to be your little treasure box that you can go to for all these posts. And I want to share a post called um, What Moms of Toddlers Need to Hear, God's Grace During Difficult Parenting, and one about mom on purpose. And this is something that I would encourage mamas to do if they're feeling like overwhelmed and stressed out and like frustrated with being the mom to their children, that it kind of brings you back that you are the mom that you are made to be on purpose and you are the mom picked for your kids on purpose. And what I have done, what's helped me in the past is I have actually written out a list of all the things that my kids are going to remember about me that are weird and wacky, that they're just about me. I don't have to be like every other mom out there. I just need to be more of the mom that I am. So I hope that encourages you as you go along because it can be really hard to Maybe go through a difficult delivery, um, difficult baby years, difficult toddler years, and feel like that's kind of where you're going to be stuck. And I felt like this with Levi's emergency C-section. He was my first baby. I felt really disconnected from him. I'll share that in the show notes as well. And then Linnea came in. She was a hard baby and she always cried. But these things, they feel so big and kind of like they're setting the whole tone for our motherhood but they really don't because you are a mom and you're going to keep mumming and that motherhood is going to grow you as your kids grow and you just keep pouring into the mom that you are made to be the mom you are on purpose. 
And another mom had asked me for ideas on fun things to do with kids. And I'm actually going to link a blog post that I've written on that. It totally depends on the kid age. And I do have this big, long blog post about things you can do at home, around town, in nature. So I'll put that in the show notes. And Julie asked, (laughs) this was her prompt. I said, what do you guys want to hear me talk about? And you know what she told me? Cheese. And I was like, I love you. (laughs) You get me. So Julie is really into cheese and she knows I'm into cheese. And I asked her like for more specifics and she said, tell me about the cheese you have and the recipes you're using. So I'm going to run through a few cheese tips from a cheese mama's. And one I always have is old cheddar. I always have old cheddar on hand because almost every night I have old cheddar (laughs) potato chips and pickles. The pickles that come from Costco. Yes, this is one of my nightly routines. I often use cheddar to make biscuits for my kids. There's a real easy, quick biscuit recipe that I'll link in the show notes. And I make a lot of nachos during the day. So I just really like to have cheddar on hand. Another thing we always have on hand is Parmesan. We buy it in Costco, cut it up and freeze it and just pull out little chunks at a time. And I put it in lots of soups. I put it in sauces. My kids eat it on their pasta whenever they have pasta. I like to put cheddar on their pasta because I I feel like it's cheaper and it goes a longer way. And then I get really excited when we have a special cheese in our house and a special cheese might be like feta or brie or goat cheese, or my brother-in-law had given me some really delicious goudas. So let's talk about feta. Feta is something I love to throw on a salad. Um, I often eat salads every day because I am grain-free and egg-free and salads are just part of my life now. I really like to have feta with mushrooms if I've roasted mushrooms. There's a simple feta walnut sauce you can make where you blend up milk, walnuts, and feta, and that's just really good. It's like rich and decadent, again, with like mushrooms or meat. I like to just eat it with olives and a bit of olive oil at the end of the night, (laughs) some more of my night snacking. I love feta with avocado and balsamic, and before I went grain-free and before I went off garlic, I really loved it with roasted garlic on baguette, and feta's great on a burger. The other one is that's fun to have on hand is brie, and you can put that on a sandwich. You can bake it. You can put it on a burger. I often eat it with slices with just a little bit of like jam on it or honey, something sweet. And goat cheese. Goat cheese is really great on crackers or baguettes. It's good in a salad. It makes it creamy. If I have goat cheese, then sometimes I'll stuff mushrooms with it and bake mushrooms. So there's a few of my cheese tips for you guys. And I want to just pat myself on the back that I did not make a whole bunch of cheese cheese jokes because you know I had some Gouda ones. Mm -hmm, I did. (laughs) There was another suggestion to share on this 50th episode, some information about how my life has changed from minimalism and how my life has changed from life coaching. And those are so good. And because they've changed my life, they deserve a lot more conversation than one little part of a podcast episode. So I'm actually going to do a couple separate episodes just on those. That's a great idea. If you have any suggestions on posts that you would like to hear or comments you would like to share, join the Facebook group. It's a closed Facebook community. That's where you can come and share your ideas, ask questions, that kind of thing. Or you can find me on Instagram at simpleonpurpose.ca. 
And I do want to give you guys a heads up. You're going to see me sharing a bit more and talking a little bit more about a new and up and coming monthly coaching program that I will be launching. I have opened it up to a beta group of members that will be joining it this coming month. And then I'll open it up to broader registration. And the monthly coaching program is going to be for moms who want to show up and live their lives on purpose. And every month we will have a monthly topic. It will be all about life on purpose. And it could be anything from motherhood to household routines, to marriage, to friendship, to um, self-identity. So we're going to cover a lot of different topics over the months. There will be a Q&A call and a coaching call and a Q&A forum to ask questions anytime. So stay tuned for information on that. And I'm so glad you joined me for this maybe a little bit longer 50th episode. I'm glad you are here listening to Simple on Purpose. And if you like this podcast, please do share it with a friend. Sharing is caring. All right. Have a great week, guys.